welcome to Subject to Talent, brought to you by Allegis Global Solutions. Similar to you, we're always trying to learn more. On this podcast, we speak to workforce and talent experts from around the world, covering market trends, technology, and our ever-evolving dynamic industry. Hi, I'm Bruce Morton, the host of Allegis Global Solutions Subject to Talent podcast. Today, I'm joined by my very good friend and foremost thought leader in emerging talent acquisition technology, Brian Deladonna. Brian is president of Talent Tech Labs. Uh, welcome, Brian. Hey, really happy to be here, Bruce. Good, thank you. So um, let's get let's dive straight in. We like to kick off our podcast by getting to know our guest a bit. So if you don't mind, could you please just share your journey within the workforce solutions industry? How you got to where you are now? Sure. So after an early career um, as an operating executive, working in a, a global uh, power generation company, and then running an environmental services business, I was interested in the way um, work was being um, distributed on a flexible basis. And, and that whole phenomenon got my interest. And so I looked into what that meant, and it actually led me to some staffing companies. And so a couple of letters to CEOs, and I ended up landing um, in, a, in a publicly traded staffing company uh, that was very acquisitive. And um, this is back in 1998. And um, Acquired a lot of companies, grew the business, had um, IT, engineering, healthcare, light industrial, and um, actually had the opportunity to try and move away from the commoditization that was going on around just T&M staffing and, and tried to move those businesses in the direction of project-based services, um, allowed us to increase our margins and to grow the business and, and be higher on the food chain in terms of uh, a knowledge provided to our clients. So after, uh, after a good run there, uh, moved to another staffing company that actually had built an early version of the VMS. And so a really early okay. adopter of, of that uh, sort of disruptive technology. And, um, and from there, actually sold that business, part of that business to, to Allegis back, uh, back in the day. Um, and then eventually mm -hmm. ended up in a more boutique staffing company as an interim CTO, where I was um, being asked to sort of digitize the way that... Um, some of the more mundane parts of, of the, um, the workflows were, were, were occurring. And it was uh, then that we decided to uh, start Talent Tech Labs. Great, 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 well, quite the journey. So thanks for sharing that. Um, now we've been lucky enough to have Talent Tech Labs join us on, a pod, on the podcast a while ago now, but for those newer listeners, can you just tell us about Talent Tech Labs and its journey since you co-founded co the organization back in 2014? Well, we were born out of a bit of frustration that the technologies that we were trying to apply to making a better candidate experience and a better recruiter experience just weren't panning out as promised. And so we pushed the pause button and started to look into what was going on with these emerging technologies. And we were just overwhelmed to find so many players coming into the market, many with names no one had ever heard of. And so we made it our mission to try and demystify and clarify the space by drilling into what these startups and early stage companies were, were providing in the way of innovation, trying to vet to see what was really behind the screen, see if it worked as promised. And um, we made it our mission to try and bring clarity to the business. And so we've been on that same mission ever since. Um, in our earliest rendition, um, we were vetting these companies um, with an incubation mindset. Right. So we were actually incubating early stage companies. But when we were getting calls from clients, the buy side, people that were buying these technologies, they didn't really want to hear about four guys in the garage. And so we, we moved our, our incubator to being an accelerator. So we were actually then working with 
companies that had a little bit more funding, more established, more capabilities that could possibly scale to um, respond to the large enterprise or, or to staffing companies that were interested in, in solutions. Um, over time, we, we published stuff freely and sort of got this reputation as a thought leader, uh, sort of being very focused on just talent acquisition technologies from right. sourcing to the point of hire. Right. Yeah. Okay. Um, so interesting how you shifted the business model there. So the incubation, as you say, four guys in the garage or probably in your office in New York. But anyway, um, to was that a – do you think there's there still a need for that out there in the market? Is Did somebody else come in and take your place on that? Or do you think it wasn't a sustainable model in that way? Well, we were competing at the time with um, – other well-established incubators, Y Combinator, Techstars, right. had very progressive programs for bringing in entrepreneurs to help grow their businesses. We we took a unique take on that. Right. We um, we stayed narrowly focused just on TA, and so that that differentiated us because we had really deep domain knowledge that could help founders very quickly accelerate their product market fit and you know triangulate, um, save a bunch of development cycles to see if they really had a solution that could could make a difference. Um, I think what what ended up happening, though, is um, the other incubators started to get more focused. And so there are incubators today for just fintech and for healthcare tech and and, and now probably work tech uh, more generally. So I think others have taken the space, but there's always been in this country, there's always been a, a, a very well oiled um, infrastructure for promoting innovation and, and, and providing the funding mechanisms to help founders come up with. Um, good ideas to bring to market. Got it. Thank you. So, so as that strategy pivoted there to more of that giving advice to the corporates on the tech landscape, obviously the thing that you're very well, well known for is the ecosystem taxonomy, um, which has been a massive value to the industry for many years now. But I think you're now on the 10th edition of that. Could you just share um, what the ecosystem is and how its evolution over time actually reflected the changes in the in the industry. Well, you're exactly right. We we just released ecosystem version 10, which is right. kind of a, a watershed moment for us. Um, you know, it, it it started out by just on a whiteboard actually in our lab hmm. um, with a bunch of sticky tabs as we were identifying these companies that had solutions in the space from source to hire. We just stuck tabs on the board, moved them around, arranged them, tried to figure out um, what the functionality they were bringing to market and what it could do. And first and foremost, the most important thing about establishing this ecosystem is the taxonomy that it provided. It's a framework for understanding. And so by creating pretty clear definitions around what functional capabilities these tools bring and grouping them, um, we were able to bring clarity to um, you know, what the vendors would, would claim that their silver bullet solved, you know, many, many things across the hiring continuum. We tried to drill in and, and figure out just exactly what they were making the impact on, dismissing a lot of the, the the other bluster and just helping people understand the core functionalities that existed across this ecosystem. Unfortunately, this is a podcast. So we don't have a visual to show, but it's uh, easy to see on our website and we'll direct you to that later in the program. But yeah. um, it is basically a, a, a um, illustration of all the technologies that start across the hiring stages from source, engage, select, and hire. And they're broken down into um, sub-verticals, which are clusters of capabilities that companies would want to consider in, in building a 
um, a tech stack of the future to be able to recruit and to attract and develop candidates um, in today's environment. It's held up really well. Um, the basic infrastructure of the of the of the um, ecosystem itself looks largely the way it did um, when we started, but there's been a lot of additions, and and I'm sure that could be a whole discussion as to what came and went and what trends have actually been identified through through that um, that whole period of time. But it's it's been fascinating to to observe and to call out. Great. So as we look at the so the tenth edition. Out soon, as you say, well, at the end of the podcast, we'll let people know where they can go check that out. But so how many companies are going there now and how many of these bubbles, as you call them, are there? So right now, I think we're up to um, 39 um, sub verticals. Those that are bubbles. Okay. Um, there's about 525 or 30 companies on it. But in Ecosystem 10, we actually took out 97 companies. Wow. But we added 84. Okay. So it, the idea that that it's it's um, it's slowing down is is um, a misnomer. It's actually continuing at the same pace, maybe even more rapidly. Um, as you well know, there's um, quite of availability of capital, and yep. so people with good ideas are are pretty easy to get funded. And in fact, that's that's part of the value we bring to the market because it is so easy to stand up a company and to make claims that the noise that that's created for the buyers, the people trying to construct strategy on how they want to recruit in the future. Mm really need to get some clarity around what are they trying to accomplish. And so we try to do that through this ecosystem. Um, in this in this version, um, there's been a couple of, of very material changes. Um, if you'd like, we can get into a couple of those. Yeah, please do. So all along for those versions one through nine, um, campus recruiting never really popped out on its own. It was just one of those things that was spread across almost all aspects of the hiring process. Mm. But COVID accelerated the the need for employers to um, reevaluate the way that they were engaging with that population, and also the the college students walking around campus didn't have a resume on paper that they could drop with the interview team. So you know there's a big disconnect in the way that 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 population mm-hmm. was was um, interested in engaging, and and the way companies had to adapt to be able to um, engage with them. And so. And we added a new bubble this time around that's called campus and early careers. And we don't draw a hard line between campus and early careers because it's it's really um, those kind of candidates that don't have deep resumes um, where you're more interested in, um, will they have the propensity to learn? Will they be a good team player? And so you need to have some, some technologies or some way to assess right. if these candidates would be good workers, even though they don't have any work experience to, to base it on. So I guess measuring potential over experience in a way. That's correct. Yeah. Another another new a new um, this is actually a vertical, which is um, a whole new color code, is one that we include now called talent intelligence. And so this new vertical is made up of the, the sub verticals: social search, matching systems, resume parsing, and one that we call labor market intelligence. And so as you can tell from the names of these sub verticals. Um, these are these are places where um, you need um, intellectual systems to capture that data, and so you're seeing machine learning and you're seeing some artificial intelligence show up in this space in particular um, because it is uh, being used to be able to discern um, that what we call talent intelligence, um, finding people in, in the social networks, creating matches between their profiles and opportunities. Um, resume parsing has advanced from simply being able to parse a resume to now most of those vendors have a, a, a more robust actual matching capability. 
And in the labor market intelligence, there's always been those broad indices that people could cite, um, Bureau of Labor and Statistics and things like that. But today, there are so many sources of, of data on the candidates, on the jobs that are available. And these new age systems are scraping that and not just presenting it back as, as a tabular bit of information, but actually drawing insights. And so companies now can use labor market intelligence to uh, be much more uh, well-informed about where the candidates are, um, what the cost of those candidates might be, what the career trajectories of those people have been that led them to that place where they are today. So deep, deep insights can be gathered now, which um, before were just really not, not, um, not obvious. Yeah, that's a really, really exciting space. And as you're talking there, I'm thinking that you, cause you mentioned earlier that the, it was, you started as talent acquisition, but I'm assuming now with things like talent intelligence, you're getting more into talent management as well. So you're going beyond the start date, if you like, beyond the hire. Well, that's, that's, uh, that's exactly right, Bruce. Um, not necessarily just because of talent intelligence. We, we did foresee that people, would be looking at talent more holistically right. um, from the candidate stage to then uh, an employee stage um, and trying to figure out what do we need to do to advance and develop um, our workers. And so we saw talent as more of a continuum. Mm-hmm. And as a result of that, we basically initiated coverage of the talent management ecosystem, if you will, um, at the beginning of last year. And we're about right. to go public with that in, in about a week's time. But you're going to see another ecosystem made up of bubbles similar to the ones that we have. Um, but the, in the TM space, um, we call it the, uh, the hire to retire continuum. Um, we have the segments of engage, evaluate, and develop. Um, those are the, the core principles that are happening within the um, employee lifecycle. And so um, we see a number of the tool vendors that have been providing intelligence and insights in the talent acquisition space uh, moving upstream to uh, providing that, that insight now. Um, on the workforce, uh, people that are inside the um, enterprise already trying to bring out, you know, what are their skills? What do they want to do next? Are they mobile? Mm. Um, how do they want to be upskilled? And so some of the solution providers that have existed in or started in TA are migrating into into talent management. Yeah, we, we quite often say to organizations that, you know, take a look in the mirror. And if it's easier for your workers, your employees to apply for a position outside your organization than it is internally, you've got something wrong. So I think there's probably some talent management tech that can help with that challenge. Um, so I mean, as we're talking, I'm, I'm thinking the audience are probably assuming that we're just talking about full-time employees here. How do you see the ecosystems stretching or um, merging into the the non-employee extended workforce space? Well, that's a great question. And in fact, one of the earliest things that was on our radar when we started Talentech Labs uh, inside of a staffing company was this notion of these temporary labor marketplaces, these two-sided marketplaces that um, talent would come to and people with with work would come to and there'd be matches made. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that was at the Part of why we started Talentech Labs is we didn't want the staffing industry to be caught um, out. And if these t- these two-sided marketplaces turned out to be a disruptive um, entrant into the marketplace, allowing enterprises to hire people around their agency relationships, we thought that would be really disruptive and something that we should call out. So we, for a very long time, have been focused on um, what some people refer to as the gig economy. Right. We think that's a pretty broad term. But it does, it does technically include people that work um, just on a particular gig, 
Maybe they work flexibly where they're part-timers that can come through a platform all the way up to people that you would hire on a contingent basis to come in and, and work through an agency to full-time hires. And so we are seeing the work getting broken down, the job getting broken down into the work quotients. And now with the tools available and the way people are demonstrating they prefer to work, you can much more surgically go in and find an exact skill that you need just in time, uh, match that with your need and not have to worry about all the baggage that went with the career that led you to the place to have that skill in the first place. Right. And so it's allowing for much more fluidity between the people with the capabilities and the people that have needs to deploy those. Great. And as I think of, you know, Talent Tech Labs being the sort of the font of all knowledge in this space and it's where you go if you want to know what the, the latest and greatest tech is and the trends that are coming out of that. But what are the, when your phone rings or, your phone pings, what are the common challenges that uh, organizations are reaching out to you for, for support and advice, I guess, beyond the bubbles, beyond the, the beautiful looking ecosystem? Well, just the vast amount of choices of technology has tended to be one of the first things that they're calling us for. They're just overwhelmed with the sheer magnitude of solutions that are in the space, just trying to get a handle on where do I look? Where do I even start? So that's that's a really primary driver. <clears throat> but when you start to listen to some of the challenges that we're hearing, they do they do um, come about recurrently. They you hear them over and over again. But I, I'll never forget the very first one. It came from a very very large um, social network, probably the largest social network. And said, Brian, we're about to push the button on another five million dollars of job advertising spend to get more candidates in. But I have 300,000 unopened resumes in our ATS. What's wrong with this picture? And, and it's, a, it's a challenge like that yeah. when you start thinking about the compliance issues that are involved with, um, you know, reviewing a candidate um, as an applicant compared to can you vet them before they're actually a candidate? I mean, so much has come to light when, when you start to really break down the functionality that you're able to accomplish with some of these technologies. But other common challenges are things like um, we don't have enough diverse candidates coming through our pipeline. Mm -hmm. We have a lousy candidate experience we're trying to solve for. Um, we're we're um, we're sourcing hard to find talent. Where do we find it? There's not enough not enough um, sources that we can tap into. Job advertising costs are off the charts. You know we're, we're we're spending more. We're getting less yield. What do we do about that? People are dropping off pre-apply. What's wrong with my website? Um, the whole area of high volume recruiting is is a really um, hard nut to crack right now where um, people are are able to in some cases um, get a job on their on their phone with a few clicks and and other employers are scratching their heads saying I can't recruit fast enough to compete with that so this whole high volume space is, is a huge challenge um, and then you know a lot of clients are still stuck with their legacy tech stacks and so it's an impediment mm -hmm. to them moving forward and they just want to understand, do I scrap it? Can I use it? What can I bolt onto it to make it a better experience and, and more effective? So those are common challenges that we hear over and over again. And we, we're starting to see patterns in, in how we can um, respond and bring these companies along. Yeah, I want to get into that in a second in terms of what are those questions and challenges and the tech that's being created? What are the what future is that painting? But just forward to that, the, you know, we've, we've talking to all of our clients now a hell of a, heck of a lot around talent anywhere the concept of you know covid has made us realize people can work from home more the job doesn't have to be in palo alto it can be anywhere so are you seeing an emergence of tech in that taking advantage of that space or helping organizations navigate 
that concept? It's a little early, but certainly the tools that have come into into play that have facilitated um, work to happen from from any place um, are are getting really well funded. Um, they're not particularly talent acquisition or talent management tools. They're more productivity and, and right. distributed okay. work tools. Yeah. You know, collaborative tools like a Slack or, mm-hmm. or Teams or um, a Zoom platform for um, being able to have face to face meetings when you're not not in the same room. Uh, many of these have um, have use cases that have evolved to address um, how you recruit in a remote environment and also how you put people at work in a remote environment. Um, we don't follow those tools specifically because we'd consider them to be more, like I said, productivity or facilitation Makes tools. Sense. Yeah, but but they absolutely are in the market, and they're they're sort of the grease that's making making this work. Right, and, and on a similar vein, you know, back in the day, pre-COVID, when I don't know, twenty years, organizations have been thinking about bringing in video interviewing, and it never really took off. I think that all of us thought it would. Um, and then all of a sudden everybody's video interviewing, but did organizations jump onto those platforms that have been trying to sell to them for 20 years or did they just use Teams and Zoom? It's really funny. You know, um, video interviewing, when we started our ecosystem, um, you could name two or three companies, but there were actually 66 or 68 companies right. that had video interviewing solutions. Yeah. So it's actually a pretty mature area. Right. But the the client side the 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 people that were doing the the hiring manager interviews um, just never really bought into the the flexibility that um, this asynchronous capability presented them and so even though the tools were quite mature and capable of not only creating an asynchronous environment but asking knockout questions having mm-hmm. some software that ran behind doing assessments. Um, you know, it, it's, it's never really caught on like like the uh, those company developers had hoped, and so when when COVID happened, the easy to use tools like Zoom and, and Teams became commonplace, and they almost leapfrogged the the um, the, the sort of standard video interviewing tools. Right. But they don't have. I mean, they, they they work in a pinch, but it's really it's really more like a face to face interview, so they're not labor saving. And and you you don't do, you don't have documentation from the interview you know so mm-hmm. how do you put it into an ATS so the purpose built video platforms had a real value but I think it was largely overlooked and now we're in a video world but we've we sort of skipped over what what those earlier platforms can provide interesting though that you touch on that because the the video interviewing platforms as they matured they were here early they started to, to span out and and capture more talent intelligence. And right. so if you look at some of the bigger video interviewing platforms, they've either acquired a bot to help with candidate mm-hmm. experience and doing scheduling. Some of them have acquired or partnered with um, um, behavioral interview capabilities, behavioral assessment capabilities. And so now they're they're capturing not only the video and, and the oral communication that's going on, being able to rate that, but they have assessment tools that are bolted on, built in. And so they've actually spanned into much more of a talent intelligence play than just a simple you know, video exchange. Yeah, that's a great point. Great point. Thanks for that. Um, so thinking about the trends that you're seeing based on those new organizations that are popping up, the ones that are getting funded, what, are, what, is, what is the ecosystem telling you from a future TA tech trend perspective? I would say there's a macro trend that we've identified that we're calling the platformatization of talent acquisition. Right. Um, right now, like I said, there's 38 some odd bubbles, these sub verticals, a lot of point solutions addressing very, very narrow use cases. 
it's almost impossible for a company or a recruiting team to, you know, swivel chair between that many of these applications. By the way, enterprises on average, large scale enterprises have about 14 and a half tools that they're running in their talent acquisition tech stack. That's on average. And so the idea that point solutions are going to go away is probably not a near term reality, but we are seeing what we call platformatization, which is sort of the aggregation of certain bits of functionality into what we would perhaps predict as maybe five pillars in the tech stack of the future. And so, you know, just as an example, one of those pillars would be tracking systems. So instead of just having your applicant tracking system, you'd also have your freelance management system. You'd also have, uh, if there were a gig platform in your in your stack. So the tracking systems are, are, are an aggregation of functionality that's being accomplished now with, with many different point solutions. We also see then in a system that's a system of engagement. And so this is where CRMs today, candidate relation management tools are, are, um, are most uh, present but it involves um, you know, the ability to then communicate and cultivate these talent pools. So the system of engagement will be a different system, sort of a pre-apply where, where you're having an ability to communicate with individuals, whether you know them by name or by IP address, but you have enough information that you can cultivate them and make them hopefully good candidates for you in the future. Marketing systems are, are all about the content that goes into cultivating those, um, those communities. And then we see a platform at the bottom that we call talent intelligence. And we have an, like a, a, the roof on the house we would call automation and analytics. So we see these five pillars, if you will, being the next generation of these 30 some odd point solution sub verticals that we have illustrated today. It's really interesting because you and, I, you and I haven't had that exact conversation before, but I'm just thinking that that's what qu- the, you know quantum world that we've been building the last couple of years. Those five pillars describe it really well. So I should, I'll definitely use that model in the future. <laughs> Thanks for that. Um, so coming to uh, wrapping up here, um, and I, we could talk about this all day, and, and I, I hope people that are listening to this just jump on your website and look at the ecosystem because – there's so much knowledge out there that I think it's just incredibly valuable what you're doing for the industry and for organizations. But I'll, I'll come back. I'll come up with the, the tricky one here, the crystal ball. So you can pick a year in the future yourself. It could be three, five, 10, whatever. But where do you think the industry will be as a whole? And what do you think the tech landscape, how will that differ in, a, in the future to what it is today? Well, today um, we're still dealing with pretty big systems that are, um, developed for the reason oftentimes compliance based like your HRIS or your ATS are really systems that are not delivering the charm or the candidate experience or the user experience that people need and have become accustomed to through sort of the commercial consumerized technologies we have at our disposal. And so we see this evolving mostly through these innovative startups, either because they're going to span and, and grow themselves or they're going to be acquired by, you know, those large platforms. But we do see a future that is, is candidate friendly recruiter efficient and data driven. On top of that, I would suggest that um, we're going to see a much wider acceptance of talent being viewed on an end-to-end basis from source to hire to retire. And if you finally can embrace that concept, we do see that then there'll be an optimization play around how you um, create the relationships with that talent so that it doesn't have to fit in the boxes that we know today of full-time contingent gig and flex. It'll be, it'll be much more fluid and dynamic and it'll give companies and individuals the opportunity to optimize how they work and how the companies deploy those capabilities. 
great. Well, exciting times we're in, Brian. Um, continue to uh, enjoy our partnership. Um, could it be valuable? So for those folks that are listening today, where can they go to to find out about more talent, about talent tech lab but, and the ecosystem itself? Well, talenttechlabs.com is the uh, is the website right there on the front page. If a pop-up doesn't hit you, um, you can look for the ecosystem and download it. But I'd encourage you to download a supporting report. It's called the Explainer Report. And I think we're offering it as a bundle so you can download for free the ecosystem itself, the infographic, but you get a, a 15 or 20 page report which explains the latest trends and developments that, that made up Ecosystem 10. So we'd encourage you to have a look at that. And I think it's a good read. It's, um, it's, it's tremendous insight and it's, it's out there for anyone that, that has an interest. So hopefully um, you'll check it out. Fantastic. Thank you, Brian. Thanks again. Really enjoyed the conversation. Really enjoyed it, Bruce. Thanks for having me. Cheers. Bye now. To learn more about AGS, please check us out at AllegisGlobalSolutions.com. You can also send questions for me or our guests. Just tweet us here at Allegis Global with the hashtag subject to talent or email us at subject to talent at AllegisGlobalSolutions.com. And if you enjoyed our podcast today, please subscribe, rate us, and leave a review. Until next time, cheers.